Bald Men on Campus with Jay Billis, LaFonso Ellis, and Seth Greenberg. Welcome to Bald Men on Campus. I'm Seth Greenberg, joined by Jay Billis, who's living the life of luxury in Tahoe, getting ready to carve up one of the great golf courses in America. Uh, we have high expectation for you, Jay. There's no doubt about it. Uh, are you mentally ready and prepared for this tremendous challenge of drinking large amounts of alcohol and playing golf at a high level? Yeah, that's the problem is the the former rather than the latter. Um, yeah, I'm playing in the American Century Championship uh, in Lake Tahoe. And uh, my goal, you know, a lot of a lot of the competitors have goals to shoot a certain score or, you know, to win the golf tournament. My goal is not kill a spectator. If I don't kill a spectator, it's a it's a successful week. That would be a good thing, but I know you have insurance to cover it, so I just hope that the spectators are safe. Uh, <laughs> is the ball moving left to right right now at a fast pace, or is it moving directly right? I hope not directly right. It is moving any way I want it to, Seth. I'm making <laughs> All right, we're talking about dancing. Uh, obviously, a lot's going on in the college athletics. I think that uh, obviously you've been really involved with this on social media and, and, and off social media, but uh, realignment has had multiple turns uh, during the course of the last 20 years. I still remember when I was at Pitt and we went from Eastern eight to the big East. I was at Virginia tech and we went from obviously the big East to the ACC, but this realignment is seismic uh, as, as we see it happening in front of us. Uh, obviously the television contracts that are, in the immediate future or helping drive that, but just big picture. First thing that comes to mind, UCLA, USC in the Bay and obviously Oklahoma, Texas already decided to move to the SEC. What message is that sending? It sends the message of what I think you and I have talked about um, maybe a million times. It's a multi-billion dollar entertainment industry and schools and conferences are, uh, market competitors against one another, and they're going to make the moves that are going to make them the most money and put them in the best long-term position. Um, you know, USC and UCLA did this because the Big Ten offers them essentially $100 million a year uh, going forward, and it's only going to go up from there. Uh, you know, people say it's saturated, there's too much, you know, this can't, it's unsustainable, the money keeps going up. You know, I mean, I'm sure people in the NBA were saying it was unsustainable when Magic Johnson made a million dollars a year back in the, the early eighties. Um, and now LeBron is making $45 million a year. Uh, it's sustainable and it's going to keep going up. That's just the nature of this. Um, so, you know, and, and you pointed out, you know, 20 years ago uh, when the big East broke up uh, and all that stuff, and that wasn't 20 years, maybe it's a little less than that, but uh, 10 years ago, uh, Oklahoma and Texas had agreed to go to the Pac-12. Uh, and the only thing that that tubed that was Texas wouldn't let go of the Longhorn Network. And so it didn't ultimately happen. But it had been agreed to. They were going. And uh, the Big Ten was rumored or reported that they were talking to North Carolina and Virginia. And I believe Georgia Tech. I can't remember. The Big Ten's really into this AAU thing, American Association of Universities. If you remember that, you can be a member of the Big Ten, that kind of thing. I don't know how long that'll last. Um, but I think we're going to see more of this. And, you know, the Pac-12 is in, in dire straits now without USC and UCLA. That takes away their all of their marquee games because, you know, the, the heavy-duty television games 
were were anybody against USC. And uh, so we're going to see more of this. So on one hand, to, to more directly answer your question, on one hand, I'm, I'm resigned to it because I know this is just business. On the other hand, um, you know, it, it disrupts what we're used to. And, and it kind of pisses me off that we have to listen to all these administrators say, well, this was, gives our student athletes an opportunity to compete. No, you know, shut up. This is about money. And that's okay. We just have to admit this. You know, it, it's, it, it, it can still be about education and still be about competition and money. That's okay. But let's not pretend like money's not driving this. It, it is driving this and, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. But I don't see why we have such a hard time in college sports admitting that we're pro sports. We have been pro sports for a long time. And if anybody had any doubt, that doubt should be gone by now. Well, you know, to me, I think this is the start. And we've, I've always thought we were five years after totally changing the model of college athletics and the NCAA and the jurisdiction and, and the powers to be that they have over, you know, elite power conferences or, or power programs. I think this just expedites it. I think that the model of college athletics, once this television contract comes through, and, and I guess it's going to be uh, with the Big Ten, it's coming up in two years, if I'm not mistaken. I think everyone's going to, once that, the dominoes continue to fall. Now, I don't think there's going to be just two conferences. I don't think there's going to be uh, a 30 league Big Ten and a 30 league SEC, whatever you want, and, and have them rebranded. I, I think there's still room for whether it's the Big 12 and the Pac 12 to consolidate, whether it's the Big East type schools to create their own. Uh, conglomerate of institutions that will, will will be part of this new model of college uh, of, of, of I don't know if you call it NCAA college athletics. You know, I, I just I can't imagine that we're going to break it off to a, an eighty institution or sixty institution. I'm hearing some people talk about you know the SEC and the Big Ten each going to have thirty schools and have three ten division conferences within their these new leagues. I, I, I got to believe we're going to have four, maybe five of ending up in maybe 120 or so institutions that will conduct their, their business in a certain way. And then everyone will end up basically either choosing to conduct their business in that way or become, in essence, one double A. I mean, you, can you see that happening? No, I, th I, think there, I think there will be other conferences. They just won't be as lucrative. And then you'll hear, well, we can't compete because we don't make as much money and, you know, things like that. It, it'll be. That's been forever, large. though. There are certain schools that can't compete. I've coached in conferences that can't compete because we didn't make as, as much money. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. No, it's, it's always been that way. It'll always be that way. There's no way. It, you know, it, and that's why, you know, when these administrators talk about fairness and equity, they're, they're usually talking about players. You know, we have to play all the players the same to be to be fair. If they really wanted equity across the board, they would do revenue sharing across the board, and they don't do that. Um, you know, it's kind of like baseball where, you know, pick a team. The Pittsburgh Pirates don't have the same uh, budget that the New York Yankees and Los Angeles Dodgers do, and yet they still compete. Now, there will be those that argue, okay, they can win once in a while, but they're not going to win at the same rate as the Dodgers and the, and the Yankees because they can, they can buy more quality players. And, and I think 
overall that that's true. Uh, but we are going to see like these conferences, the SEC and, and the Big Ten, they're dominant. And that's why UCLA and USC went is they, they're looking at this. Not, and so it's about their long term sustainability at the highest level, saying, how can we put ourselves in the position to be competitive at the highest level go, going forward? And that meant for USC and UCLA, the Big Ten. Uh, you know, years ago, I mean, this is probably 10 years ago when the first round of, of real realignment went on. And I had said, if I were John Swafford, who was the ACC commissioner at the time, now it's Jim Phillips. But I, if I had said, I said that John Swafford should go to, to Greg Sankey and say, let's, let's merge our leagues. And you can, you can be the commissioner. I'll, I'll be your associate. But look at the natural rivals, rivalries we'll have, and we'll be the first mover in this. And because that's where this was headed and that's where, that's where it is now. That's where it's going. Um, I don't, I don't doubt that, that everybody's going to want to compete because these schools have to have athletics. If they don't have high level athletics, they are a lesser institution. And, and I think that's been proven over the years. Um, So everybody wants to, to be with the big shots now and not everybody brings the kind of value to the big shots because of the markets they're in because of the followings they have. So if you're, you know, if you're the big 10 right now and you're going to bring in another school, you want to expand that school better be worth a hundred million dollars or you're going to have to cut cut a deal with them where they take less uh, than than your other members. So we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. People say, well, you know, Northwestern doesn't win as often or Trisha has won as often, but they have the Chicago market. And uh, so it's markets and and the schools uh, that, that are driving this. ESPN, in partnership with Peyton Manning's Omaha Production, presents Always College Football with ESPN College Football Analyst Greg McElroy, taking a deep dive into the sport with the biggest names on and off the field. With offseason being a thing of the past, McElroy goes year-round with analysis, opinions, and insights on top teams, and under-the-radar stories from coast to coast. That's always college football. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. It's one of the things, Seth, that, that, you know, on social media, you know, you've heard that this is the media companies, this is ESPN and Fox and all this, doing all this stuff. And whenever I hear that, I, I, I laugh because it's a fundamental misunderstanding of how this goes. Uh, the, the one that has power in the market is the seller. And I'll give you, I'll give you two examples oh, yeah. here and stick with me on this. If, if, if I came up and knocked on your door, there's no for sale sign at your house. And I knocked on your door and I, I said, I will give you $10 million for your house. And, and you're saying, well, $10 million, that's a lot of money. You know, that, that's not what the market says this is worth, but $10 million. But you know what? I raised my kids here. This is our home. We're not selling. We're happy here. We're not going to sell. That's up to you. Somebody can offer you money, but that's up to you. And so the seller is the one that's doing this. And, and, and the other example is Augusta National Golf Club. As you know, one of the premier golf clubs in, in the world. They have... They, they they put on the masters every year. The masters could be so much more lucrative financially than it is now. They could have commercials. They could have crazy sponsorships. They could have signs all over the place, but they don't. 
Augusta National Golf Club wants to do it a certain way, and they are not selling it for the highest dollar figure they can get. And that, to me, is the closest analogy to what the NCAA rhetoric says they should be. Um, they, they should take less and do it the way they, they, their mission is, what their stated mission is. And they're not doing it. So anytime there's a, and you've heard this as much as me, and you, you might have you heard it when you were coaching, um, 9.30 game, and, and somebody at your school says, why are we playing at 9.30? I mean, these guys got to go to school tomorrow, and there's travel involved. I mean, it's ridiculous that we're doing this. And television is driving us. Like, why is television making us play at nine o'clock? And you go, no, 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 no. Nobody's making you play at nine o'clock. You can play all your games at noon. Like you decide when you play. What the media company told you, whether it's ESPN, Fox, CBS, whatever, we pay more at nine o'clock. And you said, we'll take the money. And there are times where you're sitting in your seat and the game's supposed to start at 930 and it starts at 945. Because in the contract, the company is allowed to slide. They call it sliding the tip. Start to start. So they slide the tip. They go, what, what, what are you sliding the tip for? You, you sold us that right. Like we, we can't do any. You can play whenever you want. So they're selling all this stuff. And I don't, I don't have a problem with it. But everybody has to admit what this is. It's just business. And I'm okay with all of it. But I'm I'm. I become, I, I get frustrated with the idea that, that somehow this is being driven by outside forces and the conferences and the schools and the NCAA are powerless in this. Do, they can do whatever they want. And what they're doing is what makes them the most money. Like, like most of us, you know, most of us are doing what makes us the most money. It's not the money is not the only factor in our decision, just like the example of the house. Somebody knocks on your door. Right. Uh, you don't have to sell it. You know, if it's too important to you, you know, you, you stick with your values and what's important to you. And and that's what that's what drives me crazy about all this stuff is the lack of admission of of what we're doing here, because because it's OK. It's just business. It's not a big deal. You know, the interesting thing to me is I think this has been expedited, obviously, by the timing of everything. But I think also this has been expedited because with the direction of college athletics, with NIL, with collectives, I think institutions are losing uh, their annual giving to their athletic departments. There, there's a portion of money that would have been earmarked for institutional uh, giving that is now going to a collective. And I think universities got to find new revenue streams. So how many different revenue streams can you have? Well, the best one is obviously the easiest one is television and your television partner and your association with a league that's going to generate money. Like you know, everyone's talking about the Pac-12. You take away UCLA and USC. Obviously, that television Patrick, even if it exists, even when it exists together with the Big 12, uh, what, what's going to be the value of that? But if you want to continue to build buildings, pay coaches, uh, you know, conduct your business, all the sports on your campus the way you want to conduct them at the very highest level, then you've got to find new revenue streams because the, the sustainability of institutional giving, if it's not corporate and individual giving, and, you know, there are people that have lots of money, but most people, you know, I know you, you, you make a, a contribution to, to Duke. You know, there's only so many pots that you're going to put your money in. Uh, does that make any sense? So I, I, I actually think, the timing of this coinciding with NIL and all, all these collectives 
And the timing of this in terms of creating a new model with NIL and everything that's going on in college athletics, um, it just, it, it, it basically has created, uh, the new model of college athletics is, is coming sooner rather than I think later. And I think this is just another way to create a large sum of money to balance off maybe the potential loss in giving that an institution would have uh, because some of that money is now going in another direction. Agree or disagree? Yeah. Well, I think there's a there's part of that, but but there's too much money out there. I mean, even if UCLA and USC were killing it in uh, in annual giving, and both of them do really well there, but even if they were killing it and were making more than they've ever made with even with NIL, uh, they're not going to turn down the offer of the Big Ten. No reasonable person would turn that down. And we'll see with Notre Dame. So Notre Dame is is probably the yeah, they, not probably, the biggest. I think it's the yeah, it's the next prize for, for I think, the Big Ten. And Notre Dame has always been fiercely protective of its independence. But even that independence is going to have a number. And, and uh, you know, if, if their deal with NBC, which was made possible by that 1984 ruling in the Supreme Court, if uh, and Notre Dame went their way, went their own way, and it really upset a lot of people back when they did. That, that Notre Dame is not staying with the herd and they're going out on their own. Um, if, if their independence is worth $60 million annually less, well, maybe they'll stay independent. I, I don't know. My sense is that, that the Big Ten is the best place for Notre Dame, but, but it's going to be up, to, again, that's up to them. They're the one that's going to make this, the, the decision. No, no, nobody, somebody can dangle money in front of them, and they decide it's their decision whether to take it. Um, but that, that makes the most sense to me. And because, with as you say, with these leagues getting bigger, that means more conference games and fewer non-conference games. So Notre Dame's going to have a harder time putting together the kind of schedule it wants uh, if, if the Big Ten teams and, and the SEC teams are not as available to them to play. So they, they played USC every year. Now USC is in the Big Ten. You know, going forward, maybe they've got to play nine, ten conference games a year, and they don't have room for Notre Dame. I, I don't know. Maybe they do, but but we'll see. I mean, I but but I I, I agree I with the, you. That, I think the that next big, biggest domino is the ACC. I think the I think the ACC yeah. is is really really at a crossroads if this is playing out the way we see it. Whether it's Florida State and Clemson, whether it's North Carolina. Uh, you know, adding value to either side, whether it's Big Ten. I mean, I think I think you're seeing uh, you're seeing the ACC and the Pac-12, right? The, the Conference of Champions and, and the granddaddy of them all. When you know we talk about uh, you know postseason conference tournaments or you know the first great postseason at a crossroads. Like I, I think this 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 is going to be a really really interesting probably next six to, to 12 months of how do these conferences, do they survive? How do they survive? And what are they going to look like? Well, the PAC 12 doesn't survive as is for very long. Yeah. You, know, you take away those, those crown jewels of the conference, USC and UCLA, and they're not going to be able to stand pat and make the kind of money that they were expecting to make with them in the league. So, you know, the, already they're, they're, or presidents have said, go out and start exploring a media rights deal. 
and explore the idea of, of conference affiliation. Do we bring people in? Do we go with the big 12, whatever. And I think your point about the ACC is right. You know, 10 years ago, uh, the idea of, of North Carolina and Virginia perhaps going to the big 10 and right, look right now, if, if you're going to start saying, okay, what, what are the assets that are most likely to be in play? You would think it's North Carolina and Virginia and Notre Dame for the Big Ten. And you would think for the SEC, it's Clemson, Florida State, and Miami. Uh, I don't know. Who knows whether any of those discussions are going on. But but I can tell you that that it's being discussed. Now, whether offers are made, who knows? We'll have to see on that. Yeah, it's. I think it's going to be fascinating. I, I think that the the biggest thing is that I think the whole model. This will be the start of changing the absolute whole model of college athletics, and I think it's going to happen. I, I thought five years down the line, I think the total model and the working model of college athletics, uh, as we know it, will absolutely look totally differently in two years. But when you say that, when you say that stuff, let me, let me ask you like, what, what does model mean? Because well, we've seen this, stuff, we'll this has been going on, but this has been going on for a long time. It's the latest shakeup. And it's one that, that frankly, I didn't, I didn't see coming. I didn't see USC and UCLA as big 10 targets um, or, or, or asking the big 10 to take them. But, but this is not new. I mean, we've seen this with the Big East. We've seen it with the ACC expanding. Like, we've seen this for a long time. And usually when the term model is used, it was used to say, well, the collegiate model doesn't allow athletes to make money. That's what, the, that what, that's what model was. Um, I don't see how this, even though, the, you know, this feels different, it's really not any different than we've seen in the I, past. Don't, I, th- I think we're going to go in the contract. I, th- I think we're going to go what we, I think we talked about two weeks ago or three weeks ago. I think we're, we're looking at institutions now having, without a doubt, the resources to employ their student-athletes. And, and, and I don't know exactly, obviously, the legality of whether it's a portion of revenue hearing or if it's, or if it's just uh, you can't have a salary cap because you can't put a limit on what you can pay them, I'm sure. I mean, the institution can that decide what they want to do. Yeah, yeah, without a collective bargain, it would need to be collective bargained. But I think this is the start of of basically. When I say model, maybe probably that's probably a poor choice of words. College athletic, college athletics, as we see it, I, I think the whole enterprise of college athletics and the rules and the manner in which it is conducted is going to change with this next contract that the Big Ten gets and the fallout of whatever happens in the Big Twelve and the Pac twelve. What I hope happens in the with the ACC and the SEC and the Big Ten, uh, I and I think that the the one separate conference and they'll just those schools will decide to conduct their business in a similar way, and they don't need the money same amount of money that the football playing schools make because they don't have obviously the exposure in terms of, of finances and commitments to to run a, a high high major uh, nationally competitive football program. You'll take these basketball dominant schools that will be able to generate money, not the money that the Big Ten is going to be generating, but you're going to be able to take the Big Easts and the Gonzagas and the St. Louis's and the Dayton's and whatever uh, and create a maybe a 20-team consortium of, of, of teams that can go out and sell themselves 
as a television co- a television contract that will generate money that those institutions will be able to make enough from to conduct their business in basketball and those other sports no differently than the Big Ten, the SEC, and whatever survives from the, the PAC, the ACC, and the Big 12. Does that make sense? It, it makes perfect sense. I, I just see it as, as this is, on the conference side, this is more of the same. You know, at one point, the Southwest Conference was a really big, powerful conference. It doesn't exist yeah. anymore. So we've seen this kind of change before. Uh, with the money that's being generated now, I think what'll change what college sports looks like, what would really change it is the basketball tournament. So if, and you remember this, there was a time when the NIT was a bigger deal than the NCAA tournament. Yeah. It was a bigger deal. And there were, t- there, there were teams that made the NCAA tournament that turned down the invitation so they could play in the NIT. Uh, I mean, young people would have a hard time wrapping their head around that. Like the NIT now is a second tier event that, uh, that very few people on a relative basis pay attention to. Um, but it used to be, you know, the most powerful postseason basketball tournament. So if, if all the big shots in college sports decide, you know what, why are we doing this? Like, why are we letting this money flow through the NCAA office? We're going to start our own tournament. If they did that, that would be a seismic shift in college sports. You know, you could see things really changing from there. Um, and, you know, when the NIT, the NCAA put in a rule decades ago that said, if you get invited to the NCAA tournament, you cannot turn it down. They wound up getting sued over that. And in the lawsuit, they had to buy the NIT. So now the NCAA owns the NIT. That's why we still have it. And, uh, and so I could, see, I could see a time where the, the, the conferences say, what are we doing? Like, why are we doing this? Let, let's start our own tournament. You can, we can still invite, you know, little, we can still invite St. Peter's and all that, but we don't have to share the money with, uh, with everybody the way it's been done. Um, they don't want to do it because they feel like it's been the goose that laid the golden egg on the, the basketball side. But there are bigger golden eggs out there if they decide to do it. And the amount – they'll make more money if they do it that way. You know, similarly to, to football where all those years they said, well, we can't have a playoff. I mean, we've got the bowl system. It's impossible. And then somebody, you know, somebody said, well, you know, if you have a playoff, we give you a billion dollars a year. And they figured out a way to do it. And they'll figure out a way to expand it. Um, but it's not going to be with the conferences uh, disrupted like this it's not going to be automatic bids. Probably it's going to be best teams. And that means the big 10, the sec. Yeah. Big 10, and the sec are going to dominate that. So, uh, I mean, the sec has already dominated the, the, the four team playoff. Um, so look, there, there's going to be a lot that's going to happen going forward. And we're going to see a lot more change because everybody now is, it's like a big game of musical chairs and everybody is looking at, I need to have a chair. and the ones I remember last time, you tell me if, if you remember this, but I remember the last time we went through something like this, sort of the, the, the Texas, Oklahoma to the PAC 12, all that stuff. When thing, you know, West Virginia wound up in the big 12, all these things that were going on. I remember hearing from college sports administrators that the, the teams without, or the schools without a chair are going to be schools like Duke and Kansas because, you know, they got basketball, they don't have football. And they don't have a market 
that that people really want. And uh, and you know that that's when you go, you're scratching your head, going, really? That like that's not valued the way I thought it was, and and it may not be. Um, so that that's the thing that that gives you a little bit of concern is you know we've had it a certain way for a long time, but it's not going to stay this way. Uh, it's going to go. Everybody's going to go where they're going to make the most money and be in the best position long term. And uh, and so we haven't. I don't think we're even close to seeing the end of this. No, and that's why I say, like, like I, no, I totally agree with you, and I do agree that, you know, the Kansases, the Dukes, I mean, there, there's a series of schools, you know, like Duke. I mean, if the SEC has a choice. They can take Duke and North Carolina. They probably don't take North Carolina. I mean, just, you know, just, just the way it is, or whether it's, or whether it's the Big Ten, the same, 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 same model. No, I think we're going to have – I think we're going to have an NCAA tournament. I, I just think uh, in, in our sport uh, – it's going to be the 68 best teams. You, you know, you, automatic bids are going to be non-existent. That's, that may be true too. I mean, but, but that's the thing, Seth, like I'm, I'm not sure we're going to have an NCAA tournament, you know, 10, 15 might not years be an NCAA, now. It might be called something else. It'll be a tournament. Yeah. We'll have a yeah, tournament. There'll be a tournament. We'll have yeah, a, yeah. A conglomeration of college athletic, you know, house basketball, whatever it is, you know, it's almost like the, the, the college football, like college football is not, NCAA driven. It's college football. Uh, what is it? CFA or whatever, whatever they call it. The, uh, the CFB. Yeah. College football. Yeah. CFB. yeah they, they did have a CFA back in the day. That, that's what started all this. Yeah. So I think, you know, you'll see a breakup. I just think it's, it's going what, to, what's gone on in the last three weeks. It's saying, I always thought it was going to be five to seven year period. This thing, this thing's coming to a head in the next two years. It's actually going to come to a head probably in the next, 12 to 16 to 18 months. I mean, because like you said, the chairs, there are fewer chairs. And if you don't have a chair, you're the way you have, you're, you're looked at in terms of your athletic department and then your institution and the way you're going to be able to conduct your business because of the revenue loss is going to be so dramatic that it, is, it could change the total perception of an institution. I think there's a lot of pressure on athletic directors and presidents right now to be proactive. The problem I think personally, I think that especially the presidents have no clue on really what's going on in this world. I don't think this is their, this is, th th this is the world in which they live in. You have thoughts on that? No, I agree. It's not being driven by presidents right now, even though they claim that they're in charge, it's being driven by, you know, athletic directors and commissioners. I mean, the commissioners are the most powerful, but e even, even the leagues have to say, uh, you know, when when Texas and Oklahoma announced the deal with the SEC, it was couched as, well, they came to us and and asked if we would take them. You know, they can't be seen as as poaching or rating, whatever the right. term is, you know, making you know, making an offer to somebody. They have to ask, can we please come into your league type of deal as if as if it was like my example of knocking on the door to right. buy your house. You know, there, there, there are discussions in this stuff all the time, and uh, and we're going to see more of it. But for all of these, for all of these money pronouncements that are being made right now, it, it goes against what the NCAA rhetoric has been all these years that this is about education, that these these are just amateurs playing playing games, uh, and they've tried to pretend somehow that this is like the Little League World Series or something where. You know the team's being coached by somebody's dad who sells insurance, 
Um, it's not that. This is every bit as professional as the NFL or the NBA. And I have to give, like, yeah, I think you have to give, um, you know, the SEC and Greg Sankey a ton of credit. I mean, look, it, it, if it were me, I would have merged the, the ACC and the, uh, and the SEC years ago. I think I mentioned that and tried to, you know, just make your own NFL, make your own NBA and let everybody else be the first mover there. Um, but that, that's where we're headed is the big shots are going to play each other and they're going to play each other for the most money. And look, I don't conceptually have a problem with that. Um, I, I think this is where this should be is, is people want to see the big shots play against the big shots. They claim they want to see other things, but their, the, the viewing habits uh, and the ratings don't, don't show that. Um, th th this is, it's big business. And, you know, like to your earlier point about, uh, you know, annual giving, things like that. We never seemed to worry about that when coaches were making more money and when facilities were being built. You know, a gigantic facility goes up that's $50 million or whatever they're paying for these things now. Nobody asked about, well, what's going to happen to the wrestling program? And, and what about women's sports? What about all these other things? When they pay coaches, uh, you know, big salaries. I don't think it, I don't have a problem with it because I think they're worth it in, in the marketplace. But um, it, it certainly goes against what we have always said this is all about. And, uh, and it's pretty clear to anybody paying attention. Just so you know, those buildings are built, being built because uh, I experienced it for men's and women's sports because our, our building and, and then all the new buildings, and whether it's basketball or swimming or whatever, are built exactly the same dimensions. Uh, like my office had to be smaller than a women's basketball office in a practice facility at, at Virginia Tech. I'm not suggesting that it's not, it's not equitable for, for a men's and women's sports. What I'm, what I'm saying is when they put those big football buildings up, they're not asking, first of all, they're not putting an equivalent building up for a woman, women's sports. No, football, football is the outlier. No but what I'm what I'm saying is they're not worried about whether whether other sports are going to go away or whether they can pay for other things. When we talk about an athlete getting money, even NIL, to, to your earlier point about about giving, then we start talking that then the, the, the machine, the NCAA machine starts talking about, well, what about all these other sports? This is paying for all these other sports. All the money they're making, they're spending the way they want to. And these sports haven't gone away. They're not going away. They don't have to worry about it. That's not going to happen. But it does raise the question, Seth, of how many sports is enough? Like, like when, when you and I were in school, what were there, 16 sports 16. at school? Like the, the big shots at 16 or 18? And now everybody's got 27 or the Ivy League. How does the Ivy League do it? They got 32 sports at Harvard. Um, you know, these schools are going to have the sports that they want to have and what they're paying a coach and what they're, uh, you know, what they're paying their players is not going to impact whether they have lacrosse or wrestling or all that. They're going to have what's in their interest. To, they're going to sponsor what's in their interest to sponsor. And most of the expenses, the majority of the expenses that the athletic departments claim that, hey, you know, look at look at our expenses. The majority of expenses they're paying back to the school. So it's just moving money from one university account to another. And it's, there, there's a shell game aspect of this and they claim it's something else. And that's, that's when I'm tired. I'm not tired of the money aspect of it. I get it. Uh, I'm tired of the rhetoric, like just admit what this is and stop, stop all this stuff. 
and uh, and you know because it's undeniable what we're doing here, and and I'm okay with it. But we got to stop saying we're doing something else because we're not doing we're not doing the other thing. We're not running. This is not a high school sports where we're having a bake sale and a jogathon to make money. Uh, they're making you know billions of dollars. It's a twenty billion dollar a year industry. College sports. It's not just the billion dollars that comes from the basketball tournament. We're talking about twenty billion a year generated in, in, in these sports. Well, Jay, that was a very good conversation. I, I just want you to. You need to. I want to end on this one thing. I want you to repeat after me: four left. It'll be four left, four right. I'm not worried about that. What I'm really what 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 bothers <laughs> me are the short putts that usually are. are somebody says that's good. Break it up. <laughs> that you gotta. That you gotta. You gotta put them out and that's where i mean you don't you don't need to hear me this say this but that's where you have ultimate respect for tournament golfers you know the pga tour the live tour you know corn ferry whatever uh amateur golf where these dudes are grinding out every shot uh it's a it's a different deal just rake them in just boom just rake them in i should rake it i should i'm taking that (laughs) 